gents what's good people it's reg it's stone and this is our post christmas special to keep with the holidays gonna keep it rocking on i know y'all open your presents and had some good evenings but uh right now we're gonna keep it our little marathon going it's uh all i want for christmas for you our 485 this one you've heard about four or five thousand times in the last two or three days on our radio station and the reason why we're playing it is because it gives us love the same love that we hope that you feel and also mariah carey's paying me for it so oh, let's keep oh. it going oh they they, they paying us for uh, okay yeah all right we yo we we, we are we the got, mariah carey I've, I've, got a whole, I've got a whole like like a cell phone farm back here a spotify playlist is going <laughs> It's all Bluetooth, all 5G here, flying around in the air. Just 5,000 iPhones plugged in, going Mar- nuts. Mariah does not need that. I don't know. Who who needs this? Who needs that, that server form right now? I'm oh, trying this is, to this think. Is def- this is definitely Takashi 69 server form. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe that, I'll, I'm going to start renting it out, man. That's it. I'll be like, look, you need your streams, bro? I got you. <laughs> Oh man, what's up, people? It's What's been a, it's been it's been a minute. Hope you're having a happy holiday. 2020 is almost over. Yes, thank God, <laughs> thank Allah. Thank Although you, it's still it's still trying to ramp the score, man. Um, it's just crazy. There's a crazy ass bombing in Nashville. Do you see yeah, about the, that? Like the polite bombing where it yeah. out of the way, which I applaud. But it like if took out a bomber, whole city you know? block. Like it's it's uh, 2020 is still here. Um, I fear for for the next four days. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, All you gotta do is don't don't leave your houses. Extra, don't leave your houses. You know what I'm saying? Make sure you got your fire fire extinguishers on deck. All medicines, band aids. And then, like on 2021, on Friday, like everything magically heals. Yeah, automatically, man. Like like a automatically. (laughs) Automatically, everything goes back to normal. Gandalf comes out from the sky like Lord of the Rings, dressed dressed all in white with with the clouds behind him. It's like, look. I will heal this world. Waves his wand and we're back. Back to partying. Just got to get to Friday, January 1st, 2021. We could do this. We could do this. Oh, man. But, but uh, uh, yeah, this is this is going to be a, ser- a series of podcasts summing up the glorious, the glorious year that was 2020, which I would make an argument. Everything else sucked, but music, not that bad. M- music was good. Music, yeah, music was good. Yeah. You know, yeah, Apocalypse music. were, you know, a lot of deaths, you know, but music, not bad. Not not bad. I mean, it's it just, it, yeah, it's, it, you know, we were creating this list of the best and worst things of 2020, and I was actually shocked that the best is outweighing the worst by, like, yeah. three to one margin. Yeah, no, it's it's even for me. I was like, what, what? Ba-? I mean, obviously, and again, it, it's been a rough year for everybody. A lot of lo- loved ones lost, but like, yeah, you know, yeah, R.I.P. But it's like, I guess it's in this time of people kind of doing like reflecting on things. Like, you know, I won't say it has necessarily been a correction because Lord knows the industry needs a correction as fuck. But I feel like this with this little pause that has been some kind of like you know inner thought of what's been happening in the world, and you know, some things have popped out from it. Yeah, no, definitely. I, and we'll talk about this, but I think that the overall theme around this was that, you know, this pandemic has forced uh, people to be creative um, and think outside the box. And who better to do that but creative people? Yes, <laughs> very true. Very you true. Know? So, uh, so yeah, let's let's jump into this. Um, we just created a list of the best, best and worst. And, uh, yeah, let's just go down the list. Um so first up, pandemic forced award shows to think outside the box. So yeah, you know it's it's been everybody's quarantined and everybody's at home. The budgets are kind of there, so it's been fascinating to see like let's say something like the weekend, basically playing and scaffolding in New York City. You had Megan Thee Stallion basically do a whole homage to fucking Mad Max Fury Road. It's just been interesting to see how, or like even like on late night shows, I've seen things where, you know, you'll have people doing performances. Like Phoebe Bridges was was performed in her literal, her literal bedroom. You know, you know, 
So it's it's been interesting to see how if you've got to still do a presentation, if you've got to still do something for awards, if you've got to kind of, you know, perform, what does performing look like, A, in the pandemic, and B, with resources where you can kind of put a little bit of art to it. And it's been kind of fascinating to kind of see these things kind of pop out. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. And I, I think, you know, one of the advantages, which is, you know, it kind of sucks, but it, it, it played into a lot of people's favor is um, a lot of these things were pre-recorded, so you don't have, like, that awkwardness of, like, you know, live, like, you know, TV where, like, like the audio's not working or somebody misses a cue or something like that. So, um, and also, too, I mean, I, I do think that um, these were technically music videos, but at the end of the day, it's also something where you had to go above and beyond a music video to kind of capture people's attention. So, you know, I, I think it was just really interesting to kind of see the concepts. Um, I, you know, um, I think it was the BET Hip Hop Awards. Uh, the dude who I want to mispronounce his name, Toby, uh, you know, Toby Nagoway. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So he has a series of several videos for the BET Hip Hop Festival uh, Hip Hop Awards that were just like groundbreaking, just really incredible, amazing cinematography, amazing kind of use of the camera, um, you know, and you saw a lot of that from different artists where they didn't have to worry about like what this is going to look like on a live show and if this person's going to miss their cue. Um, so they had that more creative freedom to do like different things. And it's also interesting to see like artists too like have to do this in an era of social distancing. Um, and I'm trying to think. There's some, like one performance where, um, like some of the tiny tiny desk performances where uh, I know Izzy's performance where he had like band members had to like zoom in <laughs> from like Berlin <laughs> and like. You know, praise to the IO engineer, like it all synced up perfectly, right? Like, you know, a lot of those type of things where um, you just have to really kind of lean into technology. And I thought it was really interesting to kind of see that um, on a scale that's still like TV production quality. So. Yeah, and and I think it's going back to the idea of like Odyssey is what's been fascinating is again like you know you, you definitely had your big budget like you know performances like I said the weekend was out there doing some you know New York bright lights things but then like you said you had a lot of things where it's like literally a Zoom it's it's just like how can we have fun here with this performance you know how do we do it where we've got we've got some cameras we've got some things like how do we make it happen and it's been it's been like interesting to see kind of artists like you said it's it's been seeing creatives being able to work in a medium that a they don't normally work with and b where they're given a little bit more freedom where because of the nature of the beast there's not a producer running around like yelling at you you don't have to have like you know we gotta you know going back to the idea of the grammys you don't have to, you don't have these forced collaborations it's just pretty much like hey we got a show that has to get done. What footage can you give us that we can kind of put together? Let's collaborate. Let's get this happen so it looks cool and it's something that we won't, that won't embarrass us. And it's been kind of, like I said, it's been a plethora of, of things. And it's, you know, bigger picture is going back to the idea of what one of the big things about 2020 is. What I liked about it is that to a certain extent, you know, we live in a big market. We live in New York. So a lot of these like cool things that happen, you know, we get first. Everything from a secret show of Prince rest rest in peace to like a cool little weird like pop up. So it's been cool to kind of have these artists kind of doing things on a smaller scale that like intimate, let's just say. Yeah. That everybody gets to enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Definitely. Um, cool. So uh, the next one is definitely the highlight I feel of of twenty twenty in terms of, uh, of music, um, just like the rise of, of Instagram, um, the, the D nice, D nice started it with, um, you know, the, the D nice Sunday, uh, DJ sets. Um, and then versus kind of came along like really quickly after. And I think both of those things were amazing. Um, yes. in terms of just, you know, especially I think D nice started with like, like may or april or something like that like in in like the thick of the pandemic when we kind of like were losing hope <laughs> when they said it was like three weeks and like they, they then they said it was like three months you know and and i feel like like that d that first d nice show or the second or third one where they hit almost like a million streams and you see like 
random ass people like the dude from Modern Family just popping up in there. <laughs> Love the know. club chat outs. <laughs> yeah, you know, like you know, Oprah, like you know, uh, uh, Michelle Obama popping up in there. I, I think it was just it was just like a really fun experience, and it was like a really cool thing to witness live. Um, so shout out to that. And then um, versus the same thing, you know, like like when those started popping off. Uh, you know, it was great. The thing I loved about Versus was that uh, everybody and their mother, when they, you know, now it's all like a theatrical thing, and I think it's lost a little bit of its shine. Um, when it first started, you just got to see artists in their homes, and you got to figure out who had the shitty like FiOS connection, <laughs> <laughs> who had the shitty home internet. <laughs> You know, but it was cool. Like, it was just very, like, um, it was just very kind of, like, uh, like organic and natural. And you just saw people vibing. It wasn't really a competition thing. It was just kind of yeah. like, I'm bored in my house. Like, let me just, like, connect with a peer and let's, let's just play tracks. Um, and, like, those original, like, Versus shows were just very, like, chill. And, again, like, it's just something that got me through those dark days. So. Yeah, no, it's it's and even the ones that weren't even so chill were kind of entertaining. It was something fun about the trip down quality. Like how many memes were there of like, oh, look at all these rappers are basically like clueless uncles with the tech. You know, the Teddy yeah. Riley memes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Where yeah. it's just like, you know, even when the thing is it was so enjoyable, even when it missed like that Teddy Riley show, it was still entertaining as fuck. And everybody's in the fucking comments, cracking jokes. It just felt a little communal and I think is like like you kinda mentioned during those dark days, it was hard to kind of find, you know, like everything is changing quickly, yada, 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 but everybody could kind of get together and enjoy life music or enjoy the jokes. And I think that kind of hit both points. And uh, for me, I think it'd be piggyback off of it. And it is the idea of, it's going to be a weird take. I feel that like, I like the idea of the fact of how DJ has becoming online. If that makes any word sense, because kind of flipping through like Twitch and seeing all these DJs, it's, the weird thing is you figure it'd be the opposite where his um, platform or it's, it's zero setup really. You know, you, you, you could basically do it off your phone. You don't, you, you, obviously to have a nice Twitch setup requires some money, but it's not, it's not a, it's not a crazy barrier. Right. So what's been yeah. fascinating is the idea is you figure that, you know, going into Twitch, it'd be a thousand and one shitty DJs, but like, no, like there's been a lot of dope. Like every time I kind of flip to Twitch and go to the DJ channel, like the people who are DJing now are like in it for the art. So there's yeah. a plethora of like dope shit happening all the time where if you're a music head and it's going to vibe, like these guys are taking, like they're doing a really good work on the platform and, and props to them also. I think what's been cool is the idea of where, you know, going back to the idea of the creators where, oh, we're forced to do music video. It's like, what do you do as a DJ? You know, at the end of the day, you still like playing records, just like playing records for people. How do you translate that online? And it's been kind of crazy to see that kind of translate really fucking well. Like, if you told me, I'd be like, you know, the algorithm does it. Spotify, why would I ever want to see D-Nice DJing? But it's just like, oh, shit. It, you kind of, it's still able to capture some of that fucking live communal aspect. And it's been very surprising how, like, you know, like I said, just how well it's been done. And also yeah. how comforting, too. You know what I'm saying? So props props to that whole scene, bro. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, and just like to piggyback on this, I know I know you have feelings about Clubhouse, but I just want to shout out Clubhouse. Um, oh, Mr. Influencer. You know, although mm. I feel like I feel like some I don't know. It's you know what sucks though, and this is probably going to be in our our, our bad take segment. But like, um, you know, it's it's an app that a lot of black people are on, a lot of our peers are on, but it's not run by black people. So. Yes. I'm sure we need to probably look at the receipts at some point. Um, but I do have to say, um, one of the things I liked about it was uh, over the weekend, they did this huge production of Lion King on Clubhouse, which is amazing. All the auditions happened on Clubhouse. All random strangers got together. They, they've they been practicing for like three weeks. And it's like uh, basically a scene for scene remake of the Lion King, which is like crazy. Uh, and again, it's like, we're just using these tools for, you know, nobody thought that Instagram or Twitch would be like a DJ platform. Yes. <laughs> you know, so the, it's a really cool use of this, these tools. Um, and like Clubhouse is really interesting because like 
Unfortunately, I was in a clubhouse room with Azalea Banks. We were talking about this before the podcast. Yes, um, the age of the chaos. You know, but like Joe Budden pops up on there a lot. And, you know, it, it's it's kind of just becoming this really interesting place to like, um, you know, I, I think like the theme of what's happening in 2020 is like this whole ivory tower between the artists and the fan has completely collapsed. Um, and... <laughs> We're not making any money, and the artists not making any money either. So <laughs> <laughs> we won the same, bro. Um, so I, I feel like just kind of like having this really interesting, like seeing artists in their element is really interesting, um, good or bad. Um, so yeah, uh, again, uh, just another kind of uh, medium for creativity in 2020. Yes, and and it's interesting because, uh, like I said, it was something where it was for Silicon Valley. It was like I had all these tastemakers, and and then as usual, as as we've seen time and time again, you know, once you once the technology gets to like the the, the black the hood, the black people, they black flip people, that shit man. beautifully. Like everything else, we we find we find a way to make it fucking doper than the original intent. So it was just like the second I said that, I was like, oh, I, I could only imagine the jokes. And like I said, it's crazy where like even on other platforms, it'll be like, oh, here's a recording from Clubhouse, which is kind of crazy if you think about it. Like yeah. you see how how much it's kind of spread. Yeah. I mean, um, and like I guess I, I guess I'll kick this off, and I think it kind of tells you something else because before Clubhouse, we had TikTok, where yeah. you know TikTok was a place, you know, basically Vine for people under eighteen. <laughs> True. And then, you know, somehow it just started fucking a the based on the algorithm, based on the music they chose, based on the people on it, it just became a thing. And what's been kind of fascinating is the idea of where, you know, it's normally things get ruined by this time. You've got a lot of racists, you got a lot of fucking assholes and yada yada yada. In a weird way, TikTok is still kinda I won't say necessarily pure, but it's still a place where people get together, do silly dances, and fucking play music behind it. And as a result, you have a lot of these, like, you know, besides, obviously, as you expect, people getting popular off of it from being influencers and, you know, having a niche, but also, like, a lot of artists got paid off TikTok this year. A lot. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, especially, uh, so, I mean, Megan the, Sa- uh, Megan the Savage. <laughs> <laughs> Which, she could, that could be an upgrade, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that, you know, that'll be, that, that's- that's the alter ego. That's the um, alter ego. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Megan Thee Stallion, the track "Savage," which I I love that track. I thought I thought it was like a really kind of like dope produced track. I like the production. I like that kind of like it's just basically three chords as a beat. Um, but essentially, I, I wouldn't say it was a number one song, right? And you know, but it was on TikTok and there was a dance connected to it and all of a sudden it becomes the number one song. All of a sudden you get, you know, the Beyonce remix. Right? Yes. Like all of a sudden like all of these things happen and it's literally not because of Megan Thee Stallion or her her like her PR team. It was some random teen somewhere like in like Georgia or something like that who like decided to dance to the track and then challenge other people to like create like to create dances to the track or whatever they do on TikTok. I so, remember, yeah, because we reviewed the album and I remember we were discussing it because remember they had a Timberland track on it, they had a Pharrell track on it. Yeah, and I remember we made a point of where I, I, it was Savage, but maybe one of the track. Realized like the best songs on this album are the songs that you know are a little bit more hard hitting. Doing a compare and contrast, whereas it's like the ones that were supposedly quote unquote, these are the ones going to sell to the radio. Yeah, those things yeah. were all dubbed. So it's fascinating to see like the hardest track on the album <laughs> become the biggest pop hit she's had, and then one of the biggest pop hits of the year just based off people in TikTok saying, "Hey, here's a funny context kind of," you know what I'm saying? Like this, oh, yeah. this slams in a lot of different ways than you actually think. I suppose your average trap track, you know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah definitely, definitely. So, uh, so yeah, like TikTok is going to be really interesting because it's it's going to be. You know, as we know, the music industry is an industry, and it's also set in its ways. And it's going to be interesting to kind of see how TikTok, like, you know, because TikTok now is replacing radio in a lot of ways, replacing, you know, like gatekeepers and influencers, like all that stuff. So it's going to be really, really, it's really going to be interesting to see how it operates in 2021, um, if the industry is going to embrace it, which I think they probably will. But I feel like also too, once the man kind of like gets his clutches on, on TikTok, 
Like, will the kids even uh, even be down for that? Are they will they move to another like platform? So yeah, I could see that. And then you know what I think also has been kind of weird but kind of cool about TikTok. It's like algorithm based on what you like about the content but not the music. So it's just like there really isn't like country TikTok. So it's been kind of fascinating where it's like, like again, going back to Savage, where people got exposed to that track and making these stallion who would not have, not have normally got exposed to them just because that went viral in a different way. So that's yeah. been kind of fascinating too, where it's not like, you know, there's a whole like, you know, classical jazz TikTok somewhere here. As like if yeah. a song kind of catches fire, it's, it's A, it's genuine, and B, it's like not necessarily, you know, Spotify algorithm saying, hey, you like this rapidly rap music, here's a new Eminem album. It's something where you, out of nowhere, you know, here's this song, not in the context you would normally listen to, but it looks fun. And, you know, so it's it's been cool to kind of see a lot of these little viral hits come out of that little space. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Cool. Yeah, what else? All right, we, we, I guess I'll, I'll, and piggyback off the female hip hop, you know what I'm saying? Finally, because the man, and it's it's weird where I kind of hate saying it because it seems kind of very reductive, but it's been fascinating seeing some basically shit. I mean, if you really think about this year, like what was a big like guy album, like like a hip hop dude, like like what who like what anyone? <laughs> I mean, who, Uzi Vert maybe. I feel Uzi, like I, was... I guess like the the baby, little baby. And the baby, and like, I mean, but yeah, like, nobody really Roddy Rich, I guess. Yeah, Roddy um, Rich, maybe. Yeah, but, it's, but it's, yeah, it's yeah. This, this whole year has been, you know, from the, the Doja Cat showing, you know, racial feats in chat rooms. You have, you have <laughs> <laughs> Megan the Stallion. Yeah, WAP was the, one of the biggest songs. City Girls are popping up everywhere. It's something yep. where if. If you were really about your hip hop and your playlist wasn't mostly women, you were fucking up. Period. Full yeah. stop. Yeah. 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 This is like what the, the most interesting thing about 2020 is that we basically have like a farm team now of female hip hop like rappers, right? Like we have we have like the A squad, the B squad, the C squad. Like, and not saying like you're like the C squad is, is like, you know, you're like not that great. It's just more of like, there's dozens and dozens and dozens of quality female rappers. Like, you know, obviously you have Megan the side, you have Doja Cat, you have Cardi B. Um, they're kind of at the top. But you, you still have, like, you have Sweetie, you have, like, City Girls. You have yeah, Flo you know, Millie. Flo Millie. Asia Doll. Yeah, like, uh, uh, Mulatto, like, whatever. Like, you have, like, that kind of, like, maybe, like, that mid-level and you still have somebody who like Rico Nasty, who I think is still not yet broken out yet, yeah. Um, in terms of like the popular zeitgeist, but has a huge following, and also too just like I I feel like twenty twenty one might be her year, just in terms of you know she just needs a TikTok track basically, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know. So it's like you now have like this whole spear. I'm just talking about just like in the quote unquote pop realm right like we still have like um in in the alternative (laughs) (laughs) realm um you know you still have like a whole like slew of rappers and on that side um that we you know like like carrie foe and like you know um uh the name is, is escaping me but like there's a whole like there's just so many female rappers now um that and there's no competition which is really interesting like it's not like a like I mean, you know, it's it's not like like uh, like um, was it Lil Lil, Lil Kim, like beefing? Yeah, with, it's, it's <laughs> with uh, Nicki Minaj. Like you don't see a lot of that. You see a lot more collaboration. Like City Girls is collaborating with a bunch of people. Like you just see a lot of people kind of coming together, um, and you're seeing a lot. Of, you know, like you know, a lot of these uh, rappers are building their fan bases on TikTok on uh soundcloud on you know like on social media ig right um and it's more organic so yeah no i i think it's i think it's it's been a good year i think like 2021 is going to be even better year so yeah and 
and I think it's it's I think it's a couple of things. I think it's a because the thing is you always had dope MCs. It's the fact of finally getting you know media is kind of looking at them and saying, hey, why you know there's a lot of dope shit happening here. Let's give it the proper coverage. Because like going back to your point is the idea was what was fucked up was it felt like there could only be one. And then yeah. the media was very much like, you know, and, and I feel like you had that same thing with like Nicki Minaj and Cardi B, where a lot of that reporting was very much like, it's even though they have their issues, it felt very much egging them on. Like, oh, you, you guys can't both be popular female rappers. And it's fucked up. It's part of patriarchy. And it's also the idea of where, and it kind of sucks. I even hate saying female rappers because it, it's, it makes it sound like there's a separate separation there. But there True. is. And it's, and it's one that like the, the guy-centric, and the music industry is kind of made. And what's kind of cool, the bigger picture here is what I like about what the current class that are getting attention is the fact that they don't really, like, it's not for the male gaze. Like, and, yeah. and it's just like, sure, you may see certain things that are sexualized, you may see certain things that are talking about sex, but it's for their own pleasure. You know what I'm saying, kind of? Like, I yeah. remember, like, old school making these style videos, and I remember there was that one Cardi B video when they on the boat where everybody's twerking, but it's just like, it's like, we're having fun. It's not, there's not a dude walking around up and down you know Dame Dash style throwing fucking champagne bottles and pouring it on women it's something where it's it's, yeah. it's ready for this it's for us by us mm. but They're, but not us not us but you know <laughs> <laughs> the gendered us but no, no <laughs> I feel you I yeah. feel you yeah yeah definitely definitely it's just it's just really interesting to kind of see that I mean like WAP is not a song for men it's, it's a song about female pleasure and I, I feel like that's why all these dudes were so Damn. Damn, like old clutchy shits. about it. Look at look at dusty and old. You hate to see it. You hate to see it. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's it's, it's really good to see. Um, I, I I would hope and assume like it'll continue in twenty twenty one. But uh, and yeah, maybe we get to a point where we're not th- thinking of like them as female rappers. Yeah, like the industry has changed trained us to do for like 30, 40 years. <laughs> How can we market this? How do we you know, to the female audience? Maybe they will just be rappers. Yes, yeah, so uh, at twenty twenty one. So uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, and then the, the the next thing, just to piggyback off of the award shows, um, you know, festivals had to go online um, this year. So, uh, and I I feel like the festivals that I've seen, they they were engaging. They did a really good job at it. Like the Adult Swims Festival, I thought was really good. Um, it was very much like, uh, you know, you had like Katrinata just like spinning. You had Robin like spinning in a mirrored like funhouse bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you had a Thundercat with uh, Ariana Grande. You know, like it was just it was it was a really it was a really interesting kind of like way to add spontaneity. And try, you know, they try their hardest at like do the festival experience. Um, the Afropunk Fest was really dope. Um, that was more of like a music video curated type of thing, but still great. Um, yeah, still great. Uh, Serato Fest was really cool. Um, you know, like they had all the DJs kind of, I, I guess they shipped like green screens to all the DJs. <laughs> so they all had like green screens behind them. I just imagine there's a company out there like, we're out of green screens. <laughs> To keep up, we every time we make it, they buy five thousand. <laughs> but it was actually really cool because every DJ on Serato Fest had the green screen, and I guess in post in post production in production, they had like the same kind of common like psychedelic like thing behind them, so it all looked continuous. Oh, nice! Even though like the DJs were all across the world, you know. So again, like it was just like really interesting to kind of see. Uh, the creativity um, out of these festivals, you know, obviously we would love to see live music again, but um, you know, like the, I, I, I felt like even in the absence of, of being seeing it live, like um, I felt entertained, you know. So yeah, no, it's and I, and what I love about it is the idea of where you don't necessarily like except before we're, we're kind of blessed. A lot, a lot of us are blessed where if you're in these big markets, people come tour. You have your own festivals. What I loved about it is the idea is like anybody like like because that's to be funny is it's like until you know I was I was I was a black kid in Brooklyn. I didn't have no festival money. You know what I'm saying? I didn't no, even I see you. live shows until like way way when I was an adult. And it's the idea of where 
if you're a young kid as a fan of a certain act that doesn't come to your town or this or that, you can sit there and watch it. And, it, and it's like, uh, like for me, there was a punk show I was supposed to see right early in the pandemic. And it was supposed to take place in March. And it took us some time, but let's say around like May or June, they had the show online. Like they, they rec- same, same act, same thing. The main act is actually, it was Code Orange. So of Code mm. Orange, there's a, and I should probably try this guy. There's a guy called Hate Six, who's this POC. And he basically just records every punk show in the Northeast. That like that's his job. But he's very woke. He covered a lot of the Black Lives Matter. He was basically saying himself like, because that was a thing where he talked about Rage Against the Machine and what it meant to his life about how he faced all this injustice, and that's when he was like, oh shit, his political awakening. But look, but they did some shit where you know like a lot of special effects, costume changes. The punk bands were just being punk bands angry shit playing tight it's cool to kind of see like the idea of where you know i was able to buy let's say i don't know 40 bucks for that ticket it was in pennsylvania yeah. i was able to kind of get to pennsylvania you know i'm somebody who's privileged that's good enough to do that but if you're like some if, if you're some dude you know if, if you're poor in the hood you know it's hard to justify you know that kind of extravagant expense if you if you're some poor kid in the appalachians it's hard to kind of to justify that so it's cool where even though like you said it's it's i can't wait till we go to see live shows it's really cool where it's, it's not just me experiencing this it's something where anybody could kind of do it and and, and i think that it's kind of goes into a bigger thing as the culture kind of becomes more and more corporate and things kind of get locked behind paywalls of some kind it's cool to yeah. have this free shit it reminds me of like the back back in the days red bull academy where they would do shows yeah. and then put it online it's like it's not just some shit that gets hidden and put in the vault somewhere so that we could get released with like a fucking album five years from now and shit the greatest hits it's like oh shit it's just like oh this band's really cool let me go see what's happening you know on youtube but hey it's not just some like fan with bad fucking cell phone vision that actually put effort into it it's a it's an actual show it's like i get the audio is correct i can hear what's happening and it's like it's just cool to kind of get to see like a lot of the quote-unquote live element get arc actively archived again where i felt like you know as red bull music academy disappeared as money wasn't into it as, as when corporate backing kind of started disappearing over the years that you know it's pretty much diy it's kind of cool to kind of see things kind of getting put online so everybody kind of enjoy it yeah yeah definitely definitely uh, and then to piggyback on this, and we can talk about this quickly because we still got a list to roll, roll through. But um, the, the the Travis Scott uh, Fortnite concert, which again, like really creative, really kind of like outside of the box thinking, um, just really like I, you know, I don't play Fortnite. You know, my nephews do, but I was like really engaged by by seeing that concert. Like I, I was like, wow, this is really really amazing. Um, just like in the way that. Um, they pretty much use the Fortnite universe. <laughs> it wasn't just like like him on a stage <laughs> in this virtual world. With it was bad like, choreography. It was like, yeah, yeah. And like every like stick figure, like eight bit, you know, like whatever. The old school Sims um, moves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, it was actually an immersive experience. Um, it was actually really cool. And and I think like and the coolest thing too is I guess like. Travis Scott didn't he ne- didn't see like the live like final product until it's actually live, which is really interesting. Oh, so um, he was on like a Twitch channel, like watching it, watching like his concert. <laughs> 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 but it was actually kind of cool because he was he was like geeking out, like he was vibing out. He was like, oh shit, like you know, like he was doing like these like this thing, and I was just like, wow, this is something that is, um. You know, it's just again going back to the fact that you have this connection with this artist. Like, it's really interesting to hear Travis Scott geek out as you're also geeking out <laughs> <laughs> over Travis Scott. You know, so um, yeah, shout out to that. Shout out to that. Um, for me, what I think it's been is is uh, the idea of where you know live music is not hitting revenue streams. Isn't buying music as we all as we all know the algorithm does not pay well at all. If it's been cool to kind of see certain companies kind of step up for me i think a big thing i've enjoyed is the fact of bandcamp fridays where you've got a company who again you know at the end of the day even though bandcamp has a lot of good policies it's still a company still needs to get paid this motherfucker is still you know involved and it's cool to kind of see they kind of 
every, you know, once a Friday, the first Friday of every month, kind of give pretty much the artists everything that they make. So it's like they don't take their cut. So it's been kind of fascinating to kind of see, like, I guess people kind of step up where it's just like, hey, it's not just it's not just about us consuming is how do we kind of get things kind of flattened. And I think that with Bandcamp Friday, I think a lot of the talk about, you know, if, if Spotify, the movement to kind of get artists get paid a penny, what's been fascinating is I, I think this is the year where we realize like, oh shit, like they kind of get paid off this music stuff. It just doesn't magically yeah. come out of the internet. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think it's been a kind of a cool reckoning where it's like, hey, you know, maybe we got to figure out a way to do things fairly. Like, hey, if they're struggling, maybe, you know, you have a Spotify donation button now, which again, there's a lot of issues there with Spotify putting a donation button but hear me out at least it's an acknowledgement there that hey the, the the game is fucked up where it's not not everybody is here flying around in private jets yeah yeah no definitely definitely and I think like yeah I I, I, I don't think it's that has hit the mainstream yet but obviously the people who really love music you know we, we're trying to do our best to support so um, and yeah, like I, I really hope that Bandcamp can continue to brand itself as like this place for real artists and real music. Um, that's another like user experience that's from like two thousand nine. Yes, but... I love. I lo- <laughs> look, I love. I love the crashing app. I I love the. It's it's look. It's sometimes you, you guys and your new fan dangled UI. Sometimes I want my thing old school. You know, I, I want a little bit of iPhone three in my life. You know, a little, a little uh, old and clunky. Yeah, but uh, but no, shouts shouts to Bandcamp for that because it's it, it's really like the 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 fact that they're leading the charge, and uh and basically kind of like putting Spotify on notice, um is a good thing. Yeah. So. But uh, what else? Oh, and I guess this is this is a trend that's been happening, but I, I think it's this year has been kind of more apparent and it'll kind of even get more and more. I love the idea how, cause you know, we've always had the issue of like, you know, who's ruling hip hop, where are the big hubs of, of new music coming out? You know, you know, obviously for hip hop, it'd be New York into Atlanta, you know, obviously rock music, it was the grunge era of Seattle into like New York city's hipster movement. What's been kind of cool though, is that, and again, it's, it's kind of cliche to say, you know, we're post-genre, yada, 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 which is nice. And we, very much so, we are very post-genre. Look at Drake. But there's the idea of, I feel like we're getting to a point of where, I guess it's almost like, and this is a weird loaded term, multicultural. It's not just that we kind of folded this Atlanta sound into our sound. It's just like, hey, here are these Brooklyn guys rapping over 120% UK drill. Like here's, I'm, I'm inviting like, you know, like you know, I'm 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 having like an Afrobeat artist come on my record, not to sing R and B or to do a watered down version of like let's say you know Afrobeat. I'm doing it for real, for real. So what's been kind of cool is to kind of see this acknowledgement of that. Hey, you know, particularly as an American, where everything is very music centric here, it's very Americanized. Also, where hey, here are, here are, this is a flavor from over here, and we're recognizing it as over here, and we want it to come over here without it changing. And I, like I said, it's it's very because like you look at something to me, it was the UK drill. It's the idea of where what what where else is that snobby? Like it would be very hard pressed to find a group of people who are as precocious about this sound as New York hip hop fans. And it's fascinating to see that generation just say, "Fuck it, these UK dudes are doing dope ass beats. We're buying all them bitches up on fucking SoundCloud." Yeah, that that's been really interesting, and to to me to kind of follow the Brooklyn and the UK drill, and and you have UK producers pr- producing tracks for like Brooklyn rappers and vice versa, and and like that really interesting exchange, just because UK hip hop has always kind of been the bastard child of hip hop. Agreed. For the longest time, <laughs> <laughs> um, and and I think now again, like you're having this this, you know, we can shit on spotify but i do think it's really interesting now having this cross-cultural exchange um not just with the uk and and brooklyn but like now like you know you have like you know like k-pop and you have like spanish language music and you have like all this music that's kind of coming out um you know like from different countries where a lot of stuff would never trend in america people were just like oh you know they they don't speak english speak american damn it you know Bad Bunny is um, the biggest artist, biggest streaming yeah, artist. Yeah, so so now, and, you know, he's Puerto Rican, right? So he's American. 
Oh, just true. Facts. Yeah, that's um, right. Don't, don't let the white man trick you. <laughs> but uh, but no, it's just really interesting. You're right. You know, to kind of see like a lot of this like cross global exchange um, happening. Um, and yeah, I, I. But also too, it's it's like when you think think of like region focus, I do feel like people are probably going to go a little bit more insular. Um, just because when we rebuild and reopen, I feel like it's going to be a little bit more local. Um, just because, you know, we are exposed to so much every day. Um, I think people are going to kind of go back to like their crews and build their sound. So I don't know. It's, it's going to be interesting to kind of see how that all shakes out next year. But, um, yeah, not mad. Yeah, like I said, it's a, at a certain point, it, it, just, it was just cool to kind of see, like, people, like I said, make it, I won't say on the, the merit of their own, you know, art, artistry, but like I said, is for a place like America where we kind of continuously take culture and remake it, you know, as, as a, remember the Spanish guitar phase? <laughs> 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 like, come on, bro. So, but it, it's cool to kind of, like I said, like, have a reggae tone song, period, be a pop hit. Period. There's no Christina Aguilera yeah. remix of her fucking vamping and fucking, you know, it's just like, hey, here's a track from whatever country that's popping. See if you enjoy it. So, yeah. yeah. And then yeah. I, and I think for me, what I like the most is and, and it's not a full reckoning, but it's getting there is the idea of where a lot of media companies, a lot of companies, period, are kind of forced to reckon of the concept of diversity and what that really means beyond just lip service or affirmative action. Whereas it's like, it's very easy to kind of say, hey, you know, you've got a diverse staff and then you look at the company board and, you know, it's like three janitors who are minorities. And I think that you have the aspect of where, you know, we're kind of realizing that, you know, people of color matter. You kind of need people of color everywhere, not just in the stage, not just like, you know, in, in the movie, you kind of need the behind the scenes also, and that'll kind of play spades. And like, it hasn't necessarily hit the music industry, but it's coming. Like I, I've seen, I saw an article basically discussing basically how like, uh, who was it? Somebody did, a, somebody did an eternal artist saying that they were paying fucked up royalties between white and black artists. Oh, of course. Yeah, and this is like, very. I think it might've been universal. I, I'll, I'll, I'll figure it out in a second, but it's this idea of where, oh shit, we've got these systemic wrongs that have always happened outside of America that we think is kind of cool here because everybody suffers, you know, it's like we, 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 we hustle every new musician, you know, we try to get money out of everybody. And, you know, it's that it's particularly for people of color, marginalized people, they, we suffer more. And I think that no longer could you kind of just say, Hey, you know, we're diverse and just kind of shrug your shoulders where there's been a reckoning where you don't want to be that company on a summer stage screen, <laughs> stressing out the social media people and having to hire a PR firm because, you know, you you got coffee pants down. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's you know the most interesting thing now is that number one, we 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 want receipts. Yes. From people, um, and then number two, people feel like I and I think the problem has always been that they people didn't want to speak out because they wanted to protect your bag, and. I understand that. Like, you know, there's some people who, like, <laughs> will rag on them. But, like, you know, I understand that. Like, yeah, the, as a, yeah. We're still in capitalism. You still, rent needs to get paid. Like, like yeah. Like, we, we yeah. kind of very happy. I understand. And trust me, everybody's on some, like, look at those guys in Paris, man. They burn things down. But it's kind of easy to burn things down when your job is pretty much guaranteed no matter what. Yeah. Well, yeah. We, we burn some shit down, too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, out in the States. But, um, but no, you know, it's like, like, um, you know, like Tiffany Haddish basically saying like, yo, the Grammys wanted me to host this thing and pay me zero dollars. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, like there's a culture now where Tiffany Haddish can go out and say that and her career is not going to get impacted. Yes. Right. Whereas like, even like two years ago, I feel like if that happened, like nobody would know. Right. Like nobody would, would, you know, like like either this person would take the gig for no money or like, you know, say like, fuck these guys, but still not like go public with it. Um, and now we have this opportunity, you know, this opportunity to, you know, I, to bring to to bring these wrongs to light, basically. Yeah. Um, and not saying like it's going to fix anything, but the fact that you're, you're not uh, it's not detrimental to your career 
as an entertainer to do that, I think is, is a is a it's a good step forward. It's like a half step. Yes, it's, it's, <laughs> but we can take whatever we can get. Yeah, I, th- I think it's it's you no longer can like passive aggressively wave it away. You've got to deal with it now. Yeah, obviously the power structures are still the same. Is the is is the negatives? You know, is is are, are anybody going to lose their jobs? This time they actually might, but like I said, it's the idea of where at least there's a path. Like before, it was very easy to kind of brush it under the rug and just you know do the whole men in black wave and say, oh, there's no racism. Look at us, we're we're fully diverse. We love our black artists, and now people want fucking receipts, and I love it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, I know we're, this is an extended episode because <laughs> what else are y'all doing? You know, you're just y'all off this week probably. So just listen. We're going to talk about some of the worst things yes. um, of, of 2020. Uh, but you know what? There's not that many. So uh, In the music. Yes. Regarding music. The, big, big yeah, quotes the there. <laughs> 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 a quote, an asterisk. There's a footnote. MLA style. Oh, uh, uh, th- th- thanks for saving my ass. <laughs> 2020 wasn't that bad. <laughs> I'm like, what? Well, it was like Republican, like, you know, like. Karen's like just 2020 wasn't that bad. Was, I didn't get coronavirus. I don't know what you're talking. I about. I got engaged this year. I have my summer house coming up. You know, <laughs> I'm hanging out with all my friends the way we're doing before. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. Uh, but yeah, I mean, look, I mean, 2020 was was pretty bad. Let's let let's just you know, look, let's not sugarcoat it. Um, these are some bad things, but uh, I, I mean, the worst thing is like the live music industry is dead right now. Um, and there's really no timetable for its return. And even when it returns, there's no idea of like, you know, if the music venues are going to come back, um, if the small music venues are going to come yes. back, like the, the ones that really uh, support the emerging artists. Um, and yeah, like, like it, you know, people are saying that it could be the summer. People are saying like this fall. I mean, I do think that like once it starts getting warm again, like there's just going to be pop-up venues and things like that. But that's, that's not a living, right? Like that whole industry is going to have to reboot itself. And we have no idea when that's going to happen. Um, and we know people who work in the industry um, who are just, they're, you know, they're unemployed, you know? Um, and as, as much as we love listening to music and supporting artists, that's the bulk of people's paychecks is live music. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's something where, and I, a correction, I think you needed a correction overall. I think in general, you know, live music is great. Obviously, your live nation, obviously, your Ticketmaster kind of held that monopoly. Obviously, in a lower level, a lot of places are struggling. Obviously, because a lot of places were struggling, a lot of artists didn't get paid the way they were supposed to get paid. It's always an infamous like joke about, you know, having to go strangle the, you know, the promoter, you know, yada, yada, yada. <laughs> um, yeah. So there was always a correction that was needed. However, <laughs> as we all know, a, a, a complete annihilation of the industry, not a good thing. Like you said, how are we going to kick back everything back up? It's like if you're a struggling, if you're a struggling venue before and you're kind of barely able to open up the doors, what happens now when you know you you're you know well, is that audience there? If that audience is there, is it the same audience? You know, if you're a young indie artist where you're able to play, like you know, you're getting your chops kind of playing the you know fifty stage venues. Like, will you be able to get a fifty stage venue? If I'm trying to eat and I could pay two hundred stage venues, maybe I'll take that small venue for you know for five days have a residency. You know, it's it's your music is gonna have to redo itself, kind of figure it out. Hopefully, knock on wood, it's a space of where it's very ground level and and will have a say as people hear, as opposed to let's say your live nation who has stockholders to have to kind of be beholden to but uh like i said it, it kind of sucked luckily i haven't heard anything super tragic as i've heard a lot of struggling stories for artists but nothing super tragic so knock on wood at least we've kind of made it to the other side and the hope that is that those people have more of a say of how live music looks like in the future as opposed to you know brands and corporations yeah yeah and i i you know my my hope is that there's, you know, we have all of this cheap land now because everybody left New York apparently, <laughs> but not really. Um, but you know, like like the 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 floor to get into live music is going to be a little bit cheaper, just because I do feel like um, just like the land values were so overinflated in New York, particularly 
that. Um, hopefully, pe- there will be new things opening up. Um, my biggest fear is just that um, a live nation now buys an LPR, right? Yeah. Or buys a Mercury Lounge. I think they're already kind of buying Mercury Lounge, something like that. Like, yeah. like some of these like venues where smaller artists get to cut their, che- their teeth, right? Like a Rockwood or whatever, right? Like Live Nation can easily go in and say, oh, you're like 12 months behind on your rent. Like, we'll just buy this venue for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then like the monopoly kind of expands um that's my biggest fear so yeah yeah and uh i, I think another negative is the idea we kind of we've been praising a lot of the basically how music is now online and how in just months they've translated really well uh as usual and we can kind of hint on it eventually eventually you know shay whitey comes up and demands that check and, you know, we saw it early on after, you know, club quarantine started popping maybe what, maybe like a month tops, maybe even a couple of weeks. Yeah. But so yeah. suddenly, you know, Instagram started putting on those filters where they'll just kick you off the stream for playing copyrighted music. Um, I know Twitch hasn't really gotten at live streams, but the second you hit save on that son of a bitch, they, they go to work and they'll chop your audio to, to death. So it's the idea of where in this kind of new arena, which is not really that new for us to be working out these legal kinks now, to be honest, but that's a side story, that like now we're in a space of where where there used to be freedom. A lot of people are showing up and kind of trying to curtail that, you know, protect copyright, and not in a way that makes anybody money, just to be fucking dicks. Yeah, and it's, it's you know, I know like some of the versus sayings, um, those like a few of those um, artists almost got kicked off of versus and for like playing their own for playing music. their own music. <laughs> Insane <laughs> for playing their own music, uh, which is sad because they probably don't own the publishing, they probably don't own like the mechanical. It's like you, you know, like it's 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 really kind of crazy, and it's really sad that we're kind of like we're in twenty twenty and we're using these nineteen fifties rules. Uh, to kind of shut down people, and especially people of color, mm. um, who are just trying to make lemons out of lemonade, basically. Um, and you know, again, like, like we're, you know, my, I don't know, like my, like my, like an older person in my family was always like, we could do, we could put man the moon, but we can't do so and so, right? <laughs> like, you know, we could do all of these things, right? But we can't do, um, we can't figure this out. Like, we, we can't figure out, like, how to make sure, you know, like, how to, like, not cut somebody off on a live stream, right? Like, like there's a way to probably figure that out that, that makes sure that everybody gets paid, um, you know, even if it's, if it's, like, a few cents on the dollar. Uh, but also, too, nobody gets cut off. Cut, to, uh, cut off. So, um, yeah, it, it sucks. But I guess it's not surprising. Yeah, no, and, and and I guess I think, and like you said, it's the idea of where it's not that big of a deal. At the end of the day, it's nothing really that complex, and it's just greed and laziness. And I think that, you know, it's from all angles. From a, from a fan of music, I feel like it's 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 a waste of time. For somebody who kind of understands a little bit more of the business aspect, it's a waste of time because you know, at the end of the day, everybody's kind of eating. Like it's not like going back to the idea of TikTok and Savage. It's just like that eventually equates to more sales. Like, you know, imagine they were on some like, oh my God, it's, she's doing a dance over this track that we want to copyright to kill this, nuke it from the sky. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's something where it's, it's, it's like the mafia stuff. It's like, we can all eat. <laughs> we don't have to be killing each other. We can all sit here and, and make money off of it. And it's kind of sad, particularly like it's in these corporations. Because at the end of the day, it's, it's this lawyer trying to get paid. Like it's, it's literally the law, the legal department in there. It's like, we got to justify ourselves or we get cut. And then, like, we'll just put out these stupid copyright fucking lawsuits and yada, yada, yada. It's stupid shit. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. And then the last thing, um, and this is kind of piggybacking on a few different things. Um, like, Spotify is, you know, I guess, like, the the boss of Spotify, CEO, Daniel Elk, basically kind of said, uh, somebody's kind of like, how do artists get paid? And he basically kind of said, like, uh, you have to just make more music. Yeah. You know? And <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it's uh I don't know. Like I guess it is the idea of where you know content. Everything has become content, and content has to come. You know, it's 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 quantity, not quality. And like it sounds like a cliche, but you know, to a certain extent, you know, you've got some classic songs that were made in ten minutes. You've got some classic songs that it literally took the artist years to make. 
And, you know, when it comes to art, there's really no specific timeline for any of it. So you've got this, you know, this this very important art form that we all enjoy music. And it's kind of weird to, hey, I can't see have it being commodified because that's always happened. But to have somebody kind of put it to the point of where it doesn't even make a difference about the quality of music, just put it out. And it's like even the record labels themselves had an, had some kind of quality control where it's like, hey, perhaps you should shelve this. Perhaps you can have this artist become better. When the answer is for, you know, a platform just make more content, you kind of lose a lot of the artistry there out of the way. And, and that's been kind of a, a scary kind of future we're looking at where, you know, is everything going to be deluxe albums and, and a minute and a half songs? Yeah, I mean, it, it was a very tone deaf thing, especially when, again, like artists can't make money on live music. You know, and I, I knew some like some artists that were not making like buku dolls in live music, but like a thousand a show. Right, like you know, you do like twenty, thirty shows a year. That's like twenty, thirty thousand dollars you didn't have, yeah. right? And like they're cut off from that, and now all they have is these like these pennies on the dollar for a stream, right? And that that whole algorithm really only benefits people who can do millions of streams, and obviously not everybody can do that. So it's very tone deaf, and you know, I think we have to kind of really look at the system. Um, in 2021, and I know I'm not trying to get political, but now that we have a new administration who's just really trying to look at tech um, and look at tech regulation, like maybe in the few next few years, like we can kind of get to a point where um, we can look at some of these streaming services and really kind of evaluate, like, like what's the value to the artists here, yeah. right? Um, because yeah, like, like. Again, like artist revenue streams are going to be in the tank at least for the next like six to eight months, or like even longer, yeah. right? So, um, if Spotify is a lifeline, they're basically just the sinking ship. Yeah, so. agreed. It's something where, and I know there's a lot of arguments where it's not really Spotify; it's the deals that were made up by the record labels, yada yada yada. Is that you know, it's I'm gonna have a not really a hot take, but it's the idea of where you know as we kind of move things forward. As life gets tougher, as economy is kind of, con you know, contract, you know, we're going to have to start picking and choosing what we enjoy. And, you know, if at the end of the day, if the money, if, if it's not and even the money, if, if you aren't able to sustain the arts, you know, the artists will just leave because people have to survive, you know, and like art will yeah. always get created. But you kind of want to have your artist to be kind of artist you know like I, I could make you all a beat and do some rhymes you know in my part time for my 9 to 5 I don't think you want to hear that you definitely don't want to hear that <laughs> so, so it's the idea of where the same way you know the same way like a banker could get paid for their jobs the same way like you know a, a, a lawyer could get paid for their jobs you know it's the same way that an artist should get paid for their jobs and when I say pay I don't necessarily mean per capitalism but there's worth there there's literal worth there because we're uh, part of our podcast is the business of music there's billions of dollars flying around this isn't just art and some like crayon shit there's actual things being sold here and it's the thing is that we just want the people who created the people who kind of soundtrack our lives the people who kind of like when we were like teenagers to kind of give us joy and you know when you're watching a scene that like, music hits and you know they ask them to our lives they just want them to get their fucking paycheck too bro that's all yeah yeah Definitely, yeah. definitely. Amen. And, and and on that note, you know what I'm saying? Going to 2021, you know what I'm saying? Get that shmoney, you know what I'm saying? Free Bobby Smurder, you know what I'm saying? We're hitting this year hard, hard out in these streets. And I don't know, this is when I want to kind of give my little, you know, Suge Knight kind of... After learn practice my bass and my voice, you know, give that, that rant, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> coming for you, T.O.P. We're coming for you. <laughs> oh man but no it, it, it's been another great year sharing our thoughts with y'all like it's it's crazy I, we're, we're like over two years now <laughs> of sharing thoughts on this podcast yes. so it's been another another good year i'm glad you know thanks for all the listenings thanks to everybody you know I'm hope, hopefully our, our our comedy uh could add some brightness to your day um, and a crazy ass here. Yeah, and and, and like a, a, a absolutely like we're here for you guys. You know, we love you guys. Love the support you're giving us. Um, 
like I said, it's 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 a new year, new things. Hopefully, we'll do some new things soon. We'll, we'll we don't know. We'll see how the apocalypse turns Ooh. out. You know, we'll have to balance things out. You know, running from the zombies and or perhaps more guests. But uh, when we're allowed to have guests, you know, I'll add yeah. that. You know, the asterisks. But uh, but yeah, no, without without you, there would be no us. Canadians, right now, Canadians. Uh, uh, but uh, but seriously, y'all, we love y'all. Stay safe. The next year is gonna be awesome. You know what I'm saying? Y'all go party, but don't party too much. Don't party with other people. Party at home through the Zoom. But uh, we'll see y'all next year. Peace. Peace.